Films live in front of a live studio audience. It's the Dicebreaker Podcast with your host, me. It's me, Wheels, here. We haven't got a match Elvis today because he's not feeling very well. And we are back for another episode of the Dicebreaker Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by two of the team. First but not least, it's Maddie Cullen. Maddie, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. Fantastic. And last but not least, it's Alex Meehan. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm just here. I'm vibing. Just vibing. We... Yeah, I'm vibing. Hanging out. <laughs> just, here, I guess. We just had a pretty <laughs> lengthy discussion about uh, a Disney film that no one remembers. <laughs> um, but we are now going to be talking about... <clears throat> pardon me. I've got a little bit of a cough as well. I think everyone's falling a little bit ill at the moment. We've all gone mm. through it, roughly speaking. <laughs> like, we've all... We're all... It's feel, it feels like we're gradually... The curse is, is gradually making its way through us. Yeah. Now it's got Mr. Jarvis. Yeah, I. So I've got this theory, and I, I might have borrowed it from someone else without realizing. I probably have, actually. I've got this theory that everyone's getting freshest flu because they've not been yeah. around humans for so long. Yeah. And now we're all just like swarming back into places and like. Going out we're all just getting colds, you know? Like it's yeah. not. I mean, speak for yourself. Oh, you got I actual had, COVID. I had, yeah. I had full on COVID. You drew so, the short yeah. straw. <laughs> yeah. I, I particularly offended that witch. Yeah. Like, particularly <laughs> her. Like, whereas you lot was slightly. Yeah, we just got some pretty impact. nasty colds, yeah, <laughs> which I'm, I'm still recovering from. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, we, uh, we're going to be talking about this week in gaming. We're going to be talking about some news, what we've been up to. Uh, there is a new D&D source book out. There's news about Warhammer 30k. And we're also going to be talking about some of the celebs that we would like to play TTRPGs with. But before we do any of that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. Spoiler alert, it's not a whole lot. And we'll kick yeah. things off with Alex Me And Alex, what have you been up to today? I know. Or this week, <laughs> <laughs> thing is, right, last week... It's been a while since I was on the podcast. So I had lots mm. to talk about then. And I'd also been playing quite a lot of board games around that time, etc. But since then, it's been pretty quiet over in this particular corner when it comes to tabletop gaming. But um, we all played something that I think we can just all collectively talk about together. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is the new... Dungeons and Dragons. Dongons and Grogons. Dongons and Gongons. <laughs> um, campaign adventure book uh, called The Call of the Neverdeep. That's it. Mm. That's the one. And we answered. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> we got real deep in the nevers as well. We did. Um, oh, God, wheels. <laughs> we went in a big, we went in a cave ravine yeah. water place. That's all. Uh, but yeah, we played for it. We had the the wonderful Liv, who is currently editing the Let's Play as we speak, uh, DM it for us. Um, it's a doozy. <laughs> it's a do- it yeah. is like I think the first in person RPG session we've had for about two years, and wow. I think you can tell because we are all just absolutely losing it. Um, so over it. Yeah. yeah. It's a bunch <laughs> so of- excited. It's like Quite we'd all had a Red you. Bull and a chocolate bar before we started filming. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It is and absolutely fantastic. Just, though. It's <laughs> like Liv, I think we've used this analogy before. It's like Liv, it was like Liv is taking us <clears throat> to Disneyland mm. and like we're all on those little. <laughs> You know, you can get the little leads for your children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the like harness. We're all on those. And Liv's like, oh, God. And we're all we're like running in front of yeah, each other, tangling pulling, our leads yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pulling in different directions. 
because um, we all want to go on the rides. We did, yeah. and we did go on rides. We so we like did. we played through like a fair. Um, so we we just played the sort of introductory, uh, kind of like adventure bit. Um, we had the sort of like call to adventure moment like towards the end but obviously mm-hmm. we're just do, doing like a preview so we didn't want to spoil the whole book um yeah. but yeah we got to go for a fair and do some games and we met shaggy from scooby-doo and <laughs> it, was, it was just fantastic no it's not a spoiler it's a teaser a little appetit mm. yeah there is one bit related to the shaggy character particularly that set set us off multiple times yeah like uh yeah we will warn you in advance like this playthrough is it is somewhat chaotic but it is also just like there are moments when we're laughing so much that none of us can like function for about i a minute. cried so much with yeah. laughter i don't think i've done that in a very long time genuinely i had a headache at the end because we've been laughing so hard <laughs> like, which so I, much water. I think is a is more i don't necessarily think it's because the adventure was so good not to not to shade uh call oh, of the wow. or anything but i think we just <laughs> it was so good to be in a room playing rpgs with with the dicebreaker mm. folks again you know yeah and um, Liv is, is like such a good DM. Yeah. Like she and she plays along with our ridiculousness. Yeah. But she um, never says no. <laughs> no she Is just, that a good thing? Well <laughs> she mostly encourages it, to be honest. I, yeah. I will say when we say chaotic like we do progress things along and this is the funniest thing though isn't it we like i think that was one of the stupidest let's plays we've done in a long time and yet we rigorously stuck to the quest of what we were supposed to be doing yeah (laughs) we got through that adventure like that at least that part of the campaign like we got through to the end it felt like a marathon Mm. because we're not used well like Wheels and I particularly, we're not used to playing like full on D and D modules. Yeah. So to us, that felt like <laughs> oh well. <laughs> to be really fair, <laughs> it was two chapters merged together, and they're both yeah. like three to four hours each. So yeah, I think I'll, we did pretty well. I'll say that Liv was ambitious <laughs> in yeah. the uh, in the amount of content she decided to. Like it did take the entire day to film. Like we were. Mm. Something Pretty soft much. on my foot. Oh, that was weird. Um, yeah, so we. Uh, I thought it was a cat, but it was a. It was a like glasses bag. But never mind. Um, right. But yeah, no, we uh, we 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 did like spend about five hours playing. Um, yeah. We're gonna be doing Which something a, a little bit different time. as well. <clears throat> yeah, like it's we had to take a break in the middle because obviously we needed lunch and also I think you had a J- Japanese lesson, right, Mian? Yeah. So like we we definitely needed a pause. Um, but the funniest thing is that, like, we literally—I think when we broke for the oh. for the uh, the sort of intermission, essentially, we were all just like, "Oh my god, I'm so hungry!" Yeah, <laughs> absolutely ravenous. I'm so used um, to playing D and D's at like, or not D and D's. Sorry, I'm so used to playing RPGs at like, you know, in the evening once you've already had dinner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. But also, like, usually the the sessions I play don't go longer than like two hours most of the time or like really? three max mm. like i i've not done a full all day yeah. in like a long time and i think that's a result of not playing dozen dragons specifically or or mm. you know rpgs that are designed to to you know 
that there aren't so many convenient breakpoints. Yeah. Like mm. you'll have a combat scenario that goes on for, you know, like an hour. Two hours. Yeah. Nothing but under ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say there were some really unlucky rolls. Oh, yeah. Particularly Maddie. To, again. So you, bad. Maybe instead of the illness, your your curse was just rolling. Yeah. Very I will say that, and this presumably is part of the module, so I don't think Lib's to blame here. Uh, I will say mm. that there was a certain mechanic. Um, which was maybe yeah. inhibiting the odds of us either. doing anything interesting, but yeah. Yeah, there, there, yeah. Were, there was a particular situation where, like, one of the one of the key mechanics of D and D were was making it like a lot more difficult for certain characters. That's the way it rolls sometimes. But yeah, um, I shouldn't like do what my car- my class is kind of meant to do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, that, they, you know, challenge me, but. The caller than the Nebody, just to clarify, is the adventure that's set in the world of Critical Role. Mm. And it was written, I think, fully or at least partly by Matt Mercer, who is the dungeon master for Critical Role. And mm. but it as far as we could tell, you've watched a little bit, Maddie, but like Yeah. Uh, as far as I could tell, there wasn't a huge like there aren't like references up the wazoo. Like, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. felt about as lost as any D and D book where someone starts <laughs> yeah. reading out random fantasy names to me, and I'm like, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. What what's happening? Like, glog Glogorian, the... <laughs> Where, right. yeah, Philippus Fistbar. <laughs> yeah, Philippus Fistbar. Um, no, and I Shaggy I, Duke. I, I, <laughs> I had a good time because it was it was quite focused on for the most part on like interactions and mm. when we were doing you know skill tests um they were for these little like I don't know what you call them like competition like challenges yeah. yeah yeah they weren't for like you've got to do this or your character dies or you know they weren't like you've got to avoid this yeah, because like even though you guys succeeded yours and I failed, it was still fun. Like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like it, was, outcome. it was like again, my preference with with role playing stuff is I just want to role play. I just yeah. want to, yeah. like, I want to interact yeah. with characters and yeah, like yeah, like be that character. Yeah, play out those interactions. And this was refreshingly more like that. And I think it feels like Dungeons and Dragons in general is going more and more in that direction. Mm. Like, mm. like, yeah, I'm running Well Beyond the Witchlight, and that can be totally combat free. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like just depends how you want to tackle it, which is really fun because it's like gives you the flexibility. Like, if you want the combat, you can have it. If you want to just like chat and have fun, then you can. Yeah. It feels like that was, it feels like Wizards the publisher of D&D. It feels like they are recognising more and more that a lot of people you know, who who want to play D&D or play it want those kind of experiences of, mm. it's not just a combat encounter that lasts three hours. Like, it, yeah. it is also opportunities to use those elements of their characters that maybe they don't use so often or have an excuse to create characters that aren't so focused on like min maxing 
I mean, yeah. like that. that for, yeah, for example, <laughs> I did. I did what we call a Matt Jarvis, which mm. is I made a cleric with not an, an amazing wisdom score, and then it was only when I started playing that I remembered. Oh, hang on, wait. Clerics use wisdom to to cast spells, and then of course that meant that my spell casting ability was wasn't great. Not amazing, no. No, but like again, like I made a character based around a concept mm. like an idea of who they are rather than like how, how good they I are at casting the spells most efficient... yeah. Yeah. which unfortunately like was... just doesn't work in this system yeah. Yeah. it only I mean... came up kind of towards the end like up until that yeah. point we didn't know there was like anything we were missing mm. um, yeah no I, I genuinely didn't realise until I actually started casting spells <laughs> that I was like oh hang on my DC is really really low <laughs> oops uh, <laughs> um Baddy wrong though says uh do you think it's because of the like actual play scene and the fact that combat isn't as fun to watch that so many new players are coming in for the rp side rather than the combat side uh and i i tend to think like like i don't watch actual plays at all like I, I, we are in them but i just it's not the kind of content i consume um <laughs> which makes me sound like some kind of uh, youtube eating monster but Pardon me, but like I, I just, I just prefer it. Like I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, like a cultural thing. I think it's just that as people are playing more RPGs, they just have realised now that they have more fun when they're when they're just hanging out and just like doing fun things and telling stories. I mean, and I, mm, I think Barry Wronglegs probably has a point <laughs> in terms of like honestly, most people I talk to who play role playing games play D anD D like yeah and they only play D, &D. Mm. and that's a lot of the time it's because they can't find anyone else who wants to play anything but D, &D <laughs> or run it mm -hmm. um so i don't think it's necessarily that people are playing other rpgs and being like oh this is better i think it's more like no no not that <clears throat> I, I just mean that like um like we, people have been playing RPGs for a long time now, regardless of whether or not it's just D and D or if or if they've been moving into lots of stuff. But the thing is, like I, I don't think the the like cultural dominance of of like actual plays is necessarily the thing that caused role playing to be more popular. I think no, I don't yeah. think that's that's necessarily what Buddy Wrong like said. I think it's more the fact because like because actual plays are are like prominent like mm. uh, there are plenty of people who watch actual plays but don't actually play mm. role playing yeah. games <laughs> oh. uh yeah um when they actually come around to, to playing you know an rpg or dnd whatever like you know i think they do want to at least somewhat emulate that experience of mm -hmm. watching because yeah as someone who has watched actual plays some episodes lasting like five hours long or something the whenever it's combat it is the most boring part of yeah of the episode. like i switched off was, i you know i would say like D, D combat particularly again having played it like recently reminded me of like the fact that I don't think it's that engaging a system, even for the player, let alone for people watching it. Like, 
I imagine there are plenty of people who do enjoy watching it because then maybe they can think of like what they would do or think you know think about strategies and stuff like that. But like having played D&D combat recently, you just feel so restricted. Mm. Like you're like I, I, I'm asking Leval, can I do this? She's like, oh no. <laughs> I'm like, but why? Yeah. Why can't I do that when I'm so used to having looser combat systems where I can. I can like try a different approach. Yeah. Because yeah. but because the D&D system doesn't support some of those approaches, it means I just can't do them. It's not even like oh just not even like the 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 DM can go, "Oh, okay, you've got but you've got to do you've got to roll this." Yeah, it's like harder to... for you because you're not exactly. used to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with the D and D, it's just like no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Just like, well, that's really I find that kind of frustrating because to me, you know, I think if to me, if you can think of something you, your character could feasibly do with what they have, you know, available to them or what situation they're in, then I think you should at least be able to have a chance to do it. Rather than like just no, you can't do it at all. I've got an absolutely killer segue coming here because Maddie, I think you oh. talk about this in your most recent video that's coming up this weekend. Yes, I as do. As you chat about old school essentials. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly why I I never thought I like I was never like oh I want to check out an OSR game like an old school revival game. I was like that's not something I ever thought I wanted to do. Um, and I do love D and D and I do enjoy the combat, but. Again, I very much kind of had to unlearn when you first start playing and you're like, oh, I want to try this. Oh, I want to try this. And you realize like, oh, actually, you have to do like a specific thing. You can't like yeah. cut someone's hand off and then they can't wield a sword anymore. It doesn't work like that. Whereas no. old school essentials does work like that. The combat is so like rules light, but in just like a really, really fun way. It's very much like whatever you want to do you can do it the dm is just like yeah you like leap off a cliff on top of a goblin that's gonna do way more damage maybe you just like insta kill them stuff like that like it doesn't have to be a role it's just kind of more like descriptive and cinematic and like it's just it's really really fun mm. yeah it's made me kind of look at D combat differently and be like yeah this is what i wanted to do at the start and it's like fun to actually be able to go back to that and be like yeah okay i think well because i think that that was a thing at some point right because that the the whole point of old school renaissance is like looking at how games originally were and like trying to emulate that a little bit um and i think because the rules were simpler like in the sort of first iterations of the system it Mm. meant that people were just sort of filling in the blanks which is my favorite way to do roleplay right it's like i i think the most elegant systems are the one that ones that don't try and you know prepare for every eventuality they just like have something that's flexible and and well structured enough that you can sort of make up your own way through it um but as DD has gotten like more modern and like had more um sort of like potential use cases had like a definite answer to it makes it yeah. like ironically like the more options you have the more limiting it feels because yeah. you don't fit into one of those options you i know? think i yeah. think it's like it's like oh now we have a system for when you want to do that but then because you have the system you still have to do it in a very specific yeah. way mm. uh in order for you to actually do that and if you don't do it like that you just can't and it's like i think it's yeah, it's because like they have so many more. Like you look at the classes and like zero e or OSE, and it's like you you have like one class feature, and maybe it's like you have like infravision, which means you can like see like 
you know um heat in the dark and like that's like it so you kind of can just do whatever whereas now mm. i think you know like one of the things i do love about dnd is like all of the different classes and subclasses and how different they are but to make sure they feel different and then you're like okay why would i be uh, a swashbuckle a rogue over like an arcane trickster like you have to make rules to make them different enough yeah. to like make it worth it so it's like i think they've kind of gone with like we'll do like really specific class features but then it has meant like it is limiting in some ways because it's feature creep isn't it it's yeah it's just like yeah. kind of like we have to keep adding new stuff but then the more stuff that you add the more complicated it gets but also the, the complications means that you're sort of like limiting everything that has come before it i think yeah i think but... it's it, like a situation of if you for example find yourself in like a certain combat situation where like what you can add to that situation is either just not working out for you or it you're not in the right kind of place to do that then what what can you do for the next like hour mm. like mm. you're literally you're literally like sit there and like being like well i guess this is it guys like i'm <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm just going to keep failing this role, or, or like keep doing like a minimal amount of of damage to this this thing, and I just feel yeah. like um, it's not that I would necessarily want a power fantasy. I just don't find that very fun to like do. Yeah, I mean, you want to be able to do something, and it is like yeah, even if it like you know doesn't uh, like completely you know solve the situation and everything mm. is, is dealt with. Like you still want to feel like you you're doing something that is making somewhat of a difference and then yeah. like <laughs> it is a joke because i literally made my cleric character in about five minutes <laughs> yeah no i, <laughs> I, I literally just pre-gen mine i was just like i'm gonna press the button that says make a monk yeah, you know yeah like... <laughs> a lot of it is my fault for just not like they're just not you know putting that time in but we're busy people who who have a lot of work to do so spending half an hour to make a character just isn't viable mm. <laughs> um but also like the kind of cleric i made was like un like the spells that they had available to them you can't you can't really use them in combat like there's maybe one or two mm. that you can and the rest are much more like applicable to you know outside of combat and such so all you know all they can really do a lot of the time is just swing a staff mm. which doesn't doesn't really do much and it's not very exciting to kind of witness that whereas like yeah. other like other situations like other rpgs i've played where i've been in combat scenarios i i'm not entirely against combat scenarios it's just like other rpgs i've been in when i've been in combat scenarios like and with characters that aren't necessarily like designed to thrive in that kind of environment, I've still enjoyed myself because the system has allowed that character to still contribute something, even if it's not just firing off a really cool spell or like shooting a massive gun or something like that. Like mm. I don't know, they've they've distracted something or they've like gone around and looked for something and found something that can help with the situation or like called someone to come and help them or something like that yeah so that's it, what like keeps you immersed isn't it like yeah like, as soon as like, you can't do anything you're like oh i just i'm stood here and then suddenly like, you're like you're out of the game and that's when it stops being fun because you're mm. not yeah, like i'm, in I'm it. stood here <laughs> pressing the mouse 
over and over again, and my character is doing the one animation of <laughs> like just swinging the stuff. And I'm like, this is, I'm like watching it going, this Why is really... won't you die? No, no, it's like I would compare it to, um, funnily enough, um, Dragon Age Origins, which is a video game I, I, I is beloved but it, it's got problems and it's not yeah. aged amazingly it's well. It's got first in, first in the series syndrome, yeah. Yeah, uh, which you know, it was a game that is, was inspired by classic tabletop role-playing games, you know it, it has a system that is designed you know, for you to create characters and, and use them in particular ways, but like in that game, particularly if you're playing like a physical character, like a melee character to be honest, any character like when you're just doing a standard attack, it's the same animation like over and over and over again. And like that was a big criticism of the game that some people had afterwards. Because I... like when I was in the middle of a battle, not just using my abilities, you're just watching just this replaying animation. It's like a gift. I had forgotten yeah. that was a thing. And I remember playing like a dual daggered person and he yeah, would do the exact same backflip 40 times i've completely forgotten about that oh my yeah, god yeah oh and uh, adding wrong lengths origins is the reason the word miss makes me irrationally angry <laughs> that yeah. or uh morrowind as well baron yeah. breakfast asks um surely these combat problems can be fixed by creative play imagination can overcome restrictions and i think that's a fair comment however like i think what we're what we're talking about is the fact that because um, modern D and D design, and this this is not a D and D only problem. Like there's yeah, there's it's a lot not a D and D only problem. I think like Pathfinder is the one that people yeah. compare a lot, to, and it has the exact same problem. Where even more so, probably where um, they try and answer every question for you, which like I think a lot of people probably really appreciate. I don't want to say that this is like the wrong way to design games or anything. No, because like I think mm. a lot of people I that think it helps don't play people... in the way we do. You know, like it like that. I think it helps people who don't, maybe just don't know what to do. Mm. I think it helps people who don't know what to do. So yeah, that is like, it's, that's why it's a good starter game. It, yeah. I think it is, mm. and why people do just kind of stick with it because it's like, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing now. Like, mm. yeah, like, yeah. like, I think D and D is interesting because, in some ways, I a lot of us don't think it's a good starter game. I'm mm. not okay. I don't think it's a good starter game. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for other people. Um, because there's so much that you have to consume and sometimes it is overwhelming uh for people who who've not done anything like it before but Mm. on the other way like on the other hand it's also a bit more nicer to newer players because they they know what they need to do like yeah you can look at sheet and be like this this, oh i can do this thing this is what i can do and it's Mm -hmm. but then i feel like to me, that doesn't generate the best role-playing opportunities because I think the best, you know, the, the ones that Baron Breakfast is maybe talking about, the best role-playing opportunities are the ones that come from, like, creativity, like, thinking outside of the box, thinking, like, you know, what yeah. can I see around me? Like, what what does my... What would my character do in this scenario? That's, like, like how you try and sell tabletop role-playing games to new people. It's like, you can do anything like that is meant to be the appeal is like nothing else is like there's not like a video game like you can just be there and do anything like react how you'd want to react so yeah it's hard then be like okay but not that though but <laughs> yeah that. it's hard like, going back it's hard yeah. like, having played a lot of role-playing games that would allow me to you know like 
I'm going to move out of this situation and then find something too useful to use maybe and then and then come and use that in an unconventional way like the the you know D&D combat just doesn't seem to support that <laughs> yeah I, I think... definitely find like for D&D sorry go on. no it's okay I was just gonna say I think what I would like to see from newer iterations of D&D um is instead of just sort of saying it's fine you don't have to do combat if you don't like it what i would like is for them to try and actually really improve it because i think the like the the reason that people uh shy away from combat in D isn't just because they don't like getting into fights like i think combat is really really fun in rpgs when it's done right um but i would like to see them like refine it and like you know take the training wheels off a bit make it a little bit more like you know give a bit more creative freedom to the players all that kind of thing um mm. but sorry carry on yeah, I was gonna say like, um, yeah, like for me, obviously the limitations aren't always fun. But like, I know D and D like combat for me it definitely is like about like I like the strategy of being like this is what yeah. I have to work with. Like, mm. what can I do in this situation? And like sometimes it is frustrating, but like I you know because I guess in some ways it's like it's like a specific type of combat, and like that's what it is right now. So it's like if you do enjoy that like you just gotta be like hey this is what i'm playing like i i can't just do whatever like i do just have to like work with what i got yeah i like i think when it works it works really well Mm. like when you're when you're able to do the thing that your class specifically does yeah then it feels great it's when it's when you're in a situation where that has no impact Hmm. is when it feels frustrating it's like it was like Liv was saying to me like it was a joke that we were having where where she was like how are you how are you a cleric and you don't have any healing spells (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I didn't want to take any (laughs) (laughs) but also like you know you you just uh leaned into a different type of cleric right and it it is that thing of like hey, you didn't do the thing that the game expects of you, so now it's, like, falling off of it. And it's like, well, you know, surely surely in a limitless potential game, like, there should be ways of uh, of working anything. But well, I don't yeah. want really to spend the whole podcast talking about D&D because I we do that a lot. So let's... I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we will be circling back to D&D. Yes, the, we've got stuff to talk about that. Anyway, so... Um... And now people are talking about Dragon Age in the chat. I caused that problem. <laughs> They're talking about romance, which is, of course, the, the central um, mechanic in all computer role-playing games, which is, who can I bonk? We've got all of them. <laughs> the good ones. <laughs> True. You mean yeah, the, the ones one. worth playing, yeah. Um, yeah, aside from that, I've not really been playing uh, anything else. Um, I'm hopefully playing some stuff over this weekend, so I'll be able to talk about that next week. Uh, some exciting stuff, maybe. Um, mm. I don't know, a little little appetizer there. Mm. Um, but uh, other than that, I've just been watching like a lot of films recently. <laughs> hey. um, I saw the new Pixar film. I believe you also saw Wheels. Turning Red. Turning yeah, Red is fantastic. Red. So good. Yeah. Uh, we've all seen it. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really good. <laughs> Please watch it. Like. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that it hasn't got a, a cinema release um, because oh, apparently yeah, I didn't know that. No. this is what Disney are doing now where like to me <laughs> this is going to be controversial to me I think they're more interesting releases they're not actually putting out in the cinemas and they're putting out their more like By the what's the word ones. 
like financially assured. Yeah. Mm. Ones that um, will not upset anyone in China. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that as well. But like um I, I don't get me wrong, I thought Soul, um, which I'm not sure that came out in Cinemas, but that was one of like the bigger Pixar releases. I thought that was really good. Uh, yeah, but I right. I like what they're doing now with the small weird films that they're doing, like Luca and and Turning Red. Like I like these very specific low stakes films that they're doing that um, aren't necessarily about some of the very big existential, you know, uh, themes that Pixar films often like to tackle, which I think mm. are great. But sometimes it is nice to have. You know, a film that is a bit more specifically directed to this is what this is about. Yeah, like in this case, sort of like you know, like family, family trauma. I guess is the is the thing that they go into. Like it's that sort of um, more, way more personal drama than than they tend to to lean into. Yeah, it, if, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, it it's yeah, it's like a film about several. It's still a film like about several different things that mm. I think are really important. Like you know, like generational. You know, different generations of immigrants. You know, like having that clash of like growing up in different parts of the world and having you know being exposed to different cultures, and also like being a cringy, awkward girl in the two thousand. That's the delicious garnish on top. Oh my god! Like my friend and I were watching it, and we were like. Oh my! I I feel like this film is calling us out. Like, it's it's being, a hit piece. <laughs> yeah, like there is there is a certain bit of that film where we were looking at each other and I'm like, oh, that was us. Yeah. Like this is us. Like, and it's I just the, um, I just love that. Without Embracing without like cringe. trying to spoil things, spoil it's the things. yeah, it's the robotic nature which she draws under the bed. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. killed no, me. The like the impulse. Yeah. <laughs> Gif, that gif has been everywhere where like the, yeah. main, the main character may um may is like under the under the bed she's drawing <laughs> and there's this amazing bit afterwards where she's like she's like berating herself for drawing sexy pictures <laughs> and i'm like oh my god that was me as a teenager oh my god. <laughs> like, was, you feel the guilt and shame at the same time of being like yes. oh my god i'm exploring my um sexuality oh. but um it was just no, it was just really good to see a film yeah. that actually comes yeah. in as well it's it's such a like it's, it's such, such a, a stupidly taboo subject where it's just like yeah like the, the fact that i mean even they were um struggling to use the word period when that was a thing you know they like did, yeah. though. they did like i think the mum like i think the mum particularly uses i think she does use like the word period like i think does she? I don't remember it because I remember yeah, them using yeah. euphemisms a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but, either, a lot but either way, like it's you know that is a thing that for some reason I have never seen in a in a kids film before, despite literally it. the age at which you know kids are watching these films. They need to know yeah. about that kind of thing, you know. Mm, yeah. I've seen it in there's a really wonderful film called Only Yesterday, which is a Studio Ghibli film. It's one of the lesser known ones, and that film is about like a young girl growing up in the 80s in mm. japan and there is a specific part of that film where she gets her period and like the way they talk about it is very much like you just get on with it and then like but you don't openly discuss it because mm. it's, it's a you get teased for it and yeah. it's embarrassing but um 
you know, also the whole thing is just not just about her gay career. It's also about her, yeah, you know, growing up, becoming a different person. That's what happens when you you grow up from being a child. You become like a different, or at least you're going through that stage of like from child into being like an adult. Mm. But um, yeah, would really recommend turning red. Mm-hmm. Um, we also watched the new West Side Story. <laughs> Which oh. is which is really good. Okay. <laughs> I told my mum I, I watched it, and she's like, "How could you?" As if like, because she's one of those people who's like, "Oh, the nineteen sixty one is the only one that should exist." You have I'm to like, watch the one in which loads of people do brown face. I know, right? <laughs> I said that to her. I was like, "Did you realize like in the new film they actually hire like Latina, like Latinos, like?" you know, actors to play those roles, you know, people who are supposed to be from Puerto Rico, like, they mm. actually, um, but also, like, it's, like, West Side Story is a musical, that's something that, that's always been, like, redone and redone and redone mm. anyway, like, like, the creators, particularly Stephen Sondheim, who who wrote the lyrics, is like, yeah, redo it all you want. Like, mm. I want to see new versions of it. So. Well, that's how theatre works, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't have the so same true. production of a play to uh, go for, like, 40 years. It's so stupid yeah. to expect yeah. the same of the film version, you know? And like, yeah, it's like integral. You have different actors, like, yeah. you know, sometimes day by day. Like, that is going to make it different every time. Like, that's yeah. Exactly. Most, most people who, like, critically think about musical theatre are talking about, like, the aspects of which a different actor is brought to this character that we all know so well and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Same with, like, you know, Shakespeare or anything like that. It's just, yeah, yeah it's very dumb. So, <laughs> like, the sanctity that people have of the 1961 version is, like, yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous. And, like, this new version does have plenty of differences, but it also stays true to a lot of the original stuff. But um, at that point in the night, my friend and I had... <laughs> consumed about an entire bottle of red wine (laughs) and a lot of cheese and so we were like laying there like watching this sad film play out and we were like oh (laughs) um i also watched uh the new batman the batman Ah. uh and i would recommend i saw it last night actually and it was it was really good like it i wasn't sure what to think and then i saw people talking about it and they were like oh it's real good uh and Sorry, i think someone's hoovering the the corridor outside of our flat I was like, yeah, what, I was... what is that noise <laughs> i was trying to continue while you were <laughs> no, no, I was just i knew people would be like what is that <laughs> i can't hear anything no so, neither um I can hear the Batman calling him. Calling yeah, him, apparently, calling you, to the Batman is calling you. Yeah. It's got Robin um, Pattinson in it, so I'm sure it's great. <laughs> uh, essentially, like the marketing for it was, I wasn't too sure because it's really pushing like the oh, this is like so it's dark. even darker than you've seen um, before, which is like what made me reluctant because I was like, mm. I, okay, I've had three movies of that. Like, yeah. why, why would I? Have you seen the um, the Mr. Manhattan meme of like it's 1984 and I'm watching a newer, darker version of the Batman? <laughs> yeah, it's 1999 and I'm watching a newer, darker version <laughs> of the Batman. <laughs> 
But I think, again, once again, I feel like marketing doesn't really understand what makes the film enjoyable. Well, like, they don't yeah. care, do they? They just, no. they just, yeah. they want whatever will make people watch it. And they're like, yeah. it's like The Dark Knight. You remember that one, right? You like that you like one. That go one, watch right? that, you idiots. Stupid idiots. <laughs> and they failed, Where's... it made me go, no, I have watched that, you're right. And I, I don't need to watch it again. <laughs> Whereas what they should have done is they should have pushed like crazy... They should have pushed the relationship that this isn't a spoiler. It's been in the trailer that Batman has with Catwoman, um, mm-hmm. Selena Kyle, uh, because oh my god, <laughs> the chemistry that those two have is amazing. Okay. <laughs> like I was sat in the theater being like, I just want to like do this, like push <laughs> them together like this. Like they are so <laughs> such a good match of sad emo oh, wow. boy and amazingly beautiful and like cool lady and i'm just like push them together (laughs) (laughs) perfect screw so yeah i i really recommend the batman it is genuinely good i would recommend to see it um oh pat (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've never found even during his quote twilight phase Mm -hmm. which which would have been like bait to me because i was like a teenager during when those films came out yeah they were big you know i was the target audience and i never (laughs) i never thought robert patterson was that good looking like he wasn't i didn't i was like oh i wasn't like robert patterson made but um now i'm like oh my god i see it because i think like twilight they're trying to push him as like this kind of like dreamboat hunk boy for the tweens whereas like the reason yeah. our Pats is attractive is because he's a weird, dry-witted yeah, guy who's no, a bit yeah. like, woo, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, now he's leaning into him yeah. being like a sad, yeah. a sad emo boy. And now <laughs> everyone's like, I want that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, like I'm first into that now. Um, Futurologist says, what about Lighthouse look me and He's sturdy about. Yeah, we all know. We <laughs> all know. Yeah. We all know the the man that was lo- taking our hearts in the lighthouse, and oh, that's Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, yeah. Winslow. He's farted about the way. He's the fart machine. Right in in true me and Star me, and you've been talking about what you've been up to for forty five minutes. So yep. let us move on. Uh, Maddie, what have you been up to this week apart from what we've already talked about? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. My main same. I mean I like I play like weekly D&D um I it was meant to DM last night but it didn't end up happening something came up last minute um but yeah I play I play D&D every week um I'm very fun as a cleric I do have some healing spells so that's always helpful in combat, so I'm enjoying that <laughs> it's not how we do uh, but I'm playing a homebrew, homebrew cleric, which is fun, um, like Dream Domain, um, which my partner basically made to fit everything that I personally want into a character. Is so, that, do you cast you know. sort of like Dream Daddy spells? Is that the... Um, <laughs> our group name is the Dream Daddy. Is so... it? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I get to like, ma- I can like manifest like dream things from the plane of dreams. So I can like make little like objects out of dreams and I have little like... I'm made of dreams. Oh, it's all very that's fun. Cool. But yeah, so you're, made of you're, dreams. you're the sandman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, just being fun and chaotic. Um, yeah. So that's 
just always D&D, every week D&D. But I've also been trying to get more into like solo tabletop role-playing games. Oh, okay. And my friends don't want to play with me constantly. <laughs> I'm like, I'll find a way to entertain myself. Um, Maddie, we've been playing for eight straight hours. Yeah, but just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too real. <laughs> eight hours later. <laughs> um, yeah, I just downloaded Apothecaria which is um, one where you're like a witch um, and like, you take over like a potion shop and like you um, people come to you with like ailments and you can like go foraging and like mm. make potions and stuff and you can like Maddie. eventually get like a familiar yes do one of those people come up to you do they ask you for their your strongest potion <laughs> no because they can't handle her strongest potions <laughs> no <laughs> handle it <laughs> my potions are too strong <laughs> I will say the um, the author of Apothecary is uh, has featured on Dicebreaker.com as well, which is very exciting. Oh, so, that's so yeah, cool. you can read uh, an article by her uh, talking about. Do you remember about uh, me and what what the article was about? I'm trying to remember now. Um, I'm not. I'm not an encyclopedia. You are more than <laughs> right I am. Your brain. <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect me to to know every single every article, single article that's on the, the ever published. Dicebreaker Anna Blackwell. I'm googling it now. Here we yeah. go. I'm sure that will come up. Um, yeah, because you got a new game coming out as well. Um, so I definitely wanted to check out um, Apothecary now. And, like, Here we go. It's it's Anna that. Blackwell, the Delve creator, talking about solo role playing of Thousand Year Old Vampire and Iron Swan. So there you go. There you go. If you'd like to hear more Fun. of her thoughts as a designer um, of solo RPGs, then you can find that on the Dicebreaker website. She is great. So yeah. that's going to be very good. Yeah, I haven't played yet, but I've just been reading through enjoying the pdf that's mm. as far as i've got i am i've got i've still got these frostgrave boxes sat in front of me maddie and i'm ah. i'm just chomping at the bit waiting for the game <laughs> that we play on the channel oh i can't wait uh, oh. we've i think we've um we've got some models on the way so that maddie mm -hmm. and uh Liv can build up a warband because we want to try and do a 1v1v1 which i think would be very exciting Oh, that'd be so fun. Uh, yeah, but we're going to do a painting stream with them as well, so look out for that. Yeah. Uh, but I've been, yeah, I've been reading through that and uh, getting excited for it. And the reason I bring it up is we got messaged uh, on Twitter about a Kickstarter that is currently running, I think. I'm just going to get the details up now because I don't have them off my hand. Uh, but I've been looking into this thing. It looks quite cool, and I thought I'd talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Quest Haven, <clears throat> and it is Ooh. a vr tabletop uh like virtual tabletop for role-playing games um so essentially like you make your little character and then they have miniatures and you can create the landscapes we're seeing a lot of those at the moment um but this is like a vr version the reason it excites me is um i love playing miniatures games i don't often play them in person because like time investment space investment like mm. having the right people around all that kind of thing just like rpgs but even more so they're really difficult to yeah. organize uh, and the person I play up uh, like miniatures games the most with is like one of my oldest friends, a guy called Alan, who lives like miles away. So mm -hmm. I'm desperate to like play more miniatures games with him on tabletop, but we can't do it in person. So I want like a VR version so we can both yeah. strap a headset on and over the internet play like Frostgrave or Infinity or whatever. And I think this like from the looks of the Kickstarter, I think this is what that like provides as a service as well as the sort of RPG thing. Um, <laughs> So cool. But yeah, it looks it looks cool. It's got that kind of like low poly aesthetic that a lot of like indie games go for at the moment. But it's mm. also um like it's <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> God. It's got like a tabletop that you can move your stuff around on, but you've got an avatar. Um but then as you 
like say you're the DM, this is one of the cool little features that I saw I was I thought was quite exciting. Say if you're the DM, you can select one of the little models on the table and inhabit them. So like you literally become oh. the NPC as you're like acting them out, which I think is really good. Like that little stuff like that, I think Ooh. would be way more engaging than just like a roll 20, like here is a token on a flat map kind of thing. Yeah, because that's not, yeah, because like miniature games like have a very specific feel and it's mm. like, it's quite hard to capture that online and that sounds like a way of kind of yeah exactly making yeah. it a bit more 3d and real and stuff so i'm hoping that like this will provide what i've been looking for yeah. but it's cool you're in like a little fantasy tavern and all that kind of stuff you know like it's like dweeb simulator uh well you're <laughs> yeah. not invited then Ian. <laughs> no 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 i think i think i just feel like you being able to inhabit the miniatures just opens a gate for like, can you imagine some of the performances i'd be able to give <laughs> like if I actually turn into a little goober goblin whenever I'm oh, like, god. Like, uh, <laughs> like one of the many what are they called? The like the gobbles from like Warhammer like the the, the snotlings. Snotlings, yeah. <laughs> you turn into like a little snotling. Yeah, a little grog. Or or one of the the little pets they have. The squigs. The squigs, the yeah. Testicle of, of the mouth. Yeah. I really want yeah. a pet squig. <laughs> Well, look, maybe in VR you can have one. I'm not. I'm not oh, promising anything, but maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, the return of crab wheels. Exactly. Thank you, Wayhand. Um I think like that because because not only have tabletop sim absolutely cacked the bed recently with uh, yeah, all of the uh, horrendous comments they meant about uh, homosexuality and trans rights. Um, and well, with, yeah, re- yeah. Regard- regardless of whether or not you think that they've uh, made like an adequate apology for that and etc cetera, etc cetera. um but not only that not only has that been like disappointing to see but also the vr support in tabletop sim is like so janky like it's just not yeah it's just not very modern so like i don't want to have to be fumbling around with that when i'm already playing a quite complicated game like something like infinity like i want something mm. that is just there to sort of like this should be a smooth experience and then i just do the raw stuff on top myself you know so like i yeah i'm, I'm looking for that I'm, I'm hoping that that's gonna be good i've been i've been chatting with the um people behind the game on on email to see if they can give us a little early access preview or something but yeah so that's pretty okay. exciting that's what i've been up to i've also oh, been i played some games in dice saloon over the holiday i played uh over my holiday rather played some class <laughs> yeah <laughs> not the holiday. your holiday my not holiday, the holiday. Uh, i played some clask uh I introduced em to clask and and she made some of the loudest squealing excitement noises i've ever heard um and everyone else in that saloon was very quietly playing rpgs so it was very funny to just hear her going <laughs> uh class if you don't know is like a sort of like magnetic table football game and it's brilliant um oh. we played quacks of quedlinburg as well oh my god a classic an yeah. absolute classic so yeah i've actually like when i was like prepping for the podcast i was like oh god i haven't played anything yet. but actually like if i look back to when i actually was last on a podcast that didn't collapse um like i've actually played like a few games so yeah. good about that but yeah um that's what i've been up to uh and if that's all that we've oh my been goodness. up to should we, Alex yeah. and Ian, yes. move on yes. to the news? News. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the chopper. She's in the chopper. You all know by now how the chopper functions. You know how this goes. I'm in the news chopper. Um, yeah, no. Uh, we got some interesting news this week. Um, probably the most uh, interesting piece of news we have this week 
is, as we've said, there is a new D&D book coming out. Mm. And it yes. is like a, a compilation of different adventures. Mm-hmm. An anthology, which they've done before, such as the Candlekeep Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what what I have that. I'm hoping it's better than Candlekeep Mysteries. Oh! I will say I was a little disappointed because <laughs> when I saw Adventures in a library, I was sad to hear that I had to leave the library to do a lot of adventures. <laughs> so I'm just hoping that this one is really immersive in the settings. I think like if you're releasing an anthology setting book, I really want just the setting. Like, so mm. I'm excited though because the setting sounds so fun. Mm. Looks so pretty. Sounds yeah. Incredible. So it's uh, called Raid Journeys through the Radiant Citadel. From thought you had to say Raid Shadow Legends and Raid do, a, Shadow Legends. do a surprise sponsored stream. We're sponsored the this week by Raid Shadow Legends. No, <laughs> we're not. Um, we are categorically not sponsored. We are categorically by Raid Shadow not. Legends. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the first uh, Dungeons and Dragons book that is entirely written by uh, people of color. Yeah, uh, all of the authors in this book, uh, which is awesome to see. Um, Wizards of the Coast have been slowly making their way towards uh, having more diverse writers, and it seems like they. I hope they continue this trend, and this isn't just like a gimmick. Of look at this book, um, but yeah, it's got. It's not just got diverse people behind the book. It's also seem to have uh, diverse inspirations for the stories, the yeah. adventures that you're playing. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of stuff saying it's like moving away from the kind of like Western style fantasy setting, which is just mm. so fun to see because we've done a lot of it. Oh, we've done you it, know? yeah. A lot of it. <laughs> yeah, it's refreshing. Um, and then in that case, they're not just like picking and choosing elements of different cultures yeah. to just shove yeah. into Western fantasy, which happens a lot. Um, they've actually mm. got like full-on adventures that are like specifically themed around those inspirations. Um, so, for example, there is the opening adventure is called Salted Legacy, which takes you up to second level, and it, it focuses on a family feud that happens in a night market, uh, and it will be drawing inspiration from Thai culture. Uh, mm-hmm. Along with Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away, Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away, and Gravity Fall, which is interesting. That's an interesting mishmash of mm. inspiration. That's everything. <laughs> That's everything. Yeah, Spirited Away. I ever want. Yeah, like Gravity Fall <laughs> and uh, elements of Thai culture. I'm in. Um, whereas another scenario called Written in Blood uh, is inspired by. Stuff like Lovecraft Country, which you've talked about in the past, Wills, mm. uh, and films by Jordan Peele, such as Get Out. Wow, um, these new films it's a fun like coming out is big mix. Yeah, um, so there is hopefully more. They're taking inspiration from a more diverse, uh, varied set of people and cultures, but also more importantly, having the people writing those things. Yeah. yeah, from those from those cultures, like that is the most important part. They're not yeah, just. Which it's almost stupid that we have to clarify that. For them yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to clarify this. Yeah. 
Um, another adventure called Shadow of the Sun, uh, which was written by Iranian-American Justice Ramin Arman. I hope I did that right. Uh, is inspired by uh, Persian poetry. Mm. Um, again, that's I don't think that's really something that we've seen much of in no. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like, uh, like Persia uh, and like Iranian inspirations. Uh, it's not something that you know you you think of when you think of Dungeons and Dragons. But that is a lot of that is because they just not delved into those well those i think like cultures, even, those areas even more so like with uh especially with middle eastern cultures like you tend to get it's mishmash it, it, well the the, yeah. the horrendous thing is that you will get a lot of middle eastern like quote-unquote culture but it's that sort of like western viewpoint of it um, yeah you know a lot of like crusade imagery and stuff like that where it's mm. just just like uh try like lacking accuracy and a little bit offensive a lot of the time yeah, um, like it will it will be that classic like pick a mix of like they've taken inspirations from this country and this country and they've all merged together as if yeah. it's one and the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know that the people who are actually from those cultures are like, Well this is not <laughs> like what we what we associate with these things. Um so it's good to see that not only are they including more diverse inspirations they're specifically including them from you know the cultures they're relevant to and from you know writers who are from those cultures more specifically yeah. um i was gonna say something else but i can't remember what it was um oh, well. whilst you're remembering i will say um like so i i'm sort of scanning through to to try and find the answer i'm not sure if i've 100 got it but hmm. what i would um really like to see is making sure that it's not just writers in these roles but also like in those sort of editing positions because i remember with previous dnd source books there were sort of like um stories that have been written by people of color with like influences from the cultures that they were uh you know writing from their own experience with and then through the yeah. edit had had those like you know elements stripped away and like had things that they did not fundamentally did not agree with like added into them mm. so there have been I reports think... of that happening like i think even with particularly with like specifically with candle keep mysteries i think mm. that actually happened where I think, like yeah i think it might be what i'm talking about they yeah. were like marketing the book as look we've got people of color writing for this you know um and then like one of those writers was like um oh they've changed my story and added these elements that i think are like in you know offensive you know right insensitive yeah. and i didn't know that they'd done this and i don't want my name attached to mm. this essentially because this isn't what i wanted to do i yeah, think you can read more about that on dicebreaker specifically because we did cover it so it's disappointing to be like oh wizards of the coast are reaching out to you know different authors um trying to improve representation etc and then they do something like that like they they don't actually or they make yeah they make bad they make bad edits they make bad creative decisions and it's like this is completely besides the point of what you were trying to achieve in the first yeah. place yeah um, you gotta support it all the way to the top i i think um one of the leads on it is um 
Uh, he wrote on Ravenloft. I'm just trying to find his name. I know who you're talking about. So, yeah. Um, I can't George. remember what he's called. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I I think he's had um quite a big part in this. Yeah. Yeah, co he's co-lead on it. Um, yeah. And like his Ravenloft stuff was incredible. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Just like I'm so excited from that. Ravenloft, they made some good steps in the right direction with making like, oh, what do you call them? Like making fundamental changes to the way that certain, you know, like cultures were depicted in, you mm. know, originally in, in Curse of Strahd. Um, there's like a group of, there's a culture and I can't remember what they're called and they're basically meant to be inspired by Romani people mm. uh, and then they have these really awful stereotypes yeah. that are off, you know, that are, that are attached to Romani people which, which has caused, you know, terrible things to happen and it's growth. Mm. Uh, and with uh, Curse of the New Castle Strad and with um, uh, Thingy's Guide to Ravenloft. <laughs> Van um, Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, that's the word. Nice. <laughs> um, they made like fundamental changes to the way that that culture was described to remove mm -hmm. those, those like offensive stereotypes. Um, like they wizards are making good steps in the right direction i think ultimately hiring diverse writers and actually giving them control over their work yeah is the most important thing they could be doing yeah. um uh it, it's like the like one of the big fundamental arguments i've seen and also i've made against things like um the new season of critical role season three being based in an area inspired by North Africa, like Marquis, like um, Marquis, I'm trying to remember what it's called, Marquette, that's the one, um, the new area that the season three is based in, Marquette, which I think also Call in the Neverdeep was based in the Pali as well, um, has like, is supposed to be somewhat inspired by North African culture, uh, and yet like, Matt Mercer, who wrote it, is is white. <laughs> mm. He he is Caucasian, and then people like the big argument that people are making are not necessarily that like you know, um, you know he's had writers to help with sensitivity and, and you know covering these things. Right, I don't think anyone thinks he's going to do anything offensive. It's more like because Critical Role is as big as it is. It means that when people think of these kinds of settings, they're not going to think of, you know, settings made by the people from those cultures. They're going to think of the one created mm. by Mercer and Critical Role. So that's why it is so important that Wizards of the Coast is making official source books and adventures inspired by these cultures, written by people from these backgrounds. <laughs> like, yeah. Because people look to Dungeons and Dragons and Wizards of the Coast, what they put out as like, this is the official stuff. Like this is what we reference when we think of these kinds of settings. Yeah, and yeah, for some people, like that might be like glimpses into a culture. As we we're saying, like this is when you do it badly, it has like long-lasting repercussions because for some people, that's like their way in is through like consuming media. So it's like if we can just have positive, like yeah, that's that's your first step in. Like that's just yeah, it's not it's not enough that you it's not enough that you represent these cultures and, and these inspirations you need to have the people well. from those 
from those cultures yeah. who actually know what they are like in doing that that representing like yeah. also yeah. paying people yes yeah also like... just putting more people in the industry so they yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> make these things but uh, yeah I, I i remember like um you know, I, th- I think of all the films set in Mexico where they've like shoved a sepia tone over it to make it look more deserty and mm. hot. And it's just like, yeah, it's that yeah. same thing where basically like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, like I feel like you're reading too much into this. Like the- we need to understand the amount of um, sort of like worlds that are created through the lens of like Caucasian eyes. Like there's there's a an almost embarrassing amount of the media you consume has to be sort of like checked almost to be like you know presentable is this enough to white be, people you know yeah like, is yeah. this going to be palatable to exactly, the white yeah but... rather than just hearing unfiltered voices from people who actually know what they're talking about and it's like i think sometimes you know it's quite insidious almost i think sometimes you don't even really realize it's happening and those yeah, are the most know. damaging because that like as we said before like it you internalize it and it's it's that idea of the you know what you're watching is authentic re- regardless of you know thinking about where this like idea and this world actually came from um, yeah. And you, you just naturally, you know, your brain associates those things. So like having those things written by people who actually know what they're talking about, have actually come from those cultures who are actually ingrained in them um, yeah. is just always just going to be better. And it's also like, you know, if if you're eye rolling right now and talking about, oh God, like who cares? Like you should care because you've been listening to the exact same story for 400, you know, uh, iterations over the, the entirety of your D&D life. Like you know but eventually you're going to get bored of western fantasy like you need to start looking at things that just aren't from the same pool of fiction that you've been listening to this yeah. whole time yeah you yeah. realize that... that it's like there's so much more to the world it'll be fun like yeah. it's just going it's to good. be fun like it's <laughs> really fun different setting like it's gonna be so refreshing like it sounds so interesting yeah like i they were talking about it being like a solar punk thing which is like my absolute favorite thing in the world and there's not enough and it's like we're looking at these like hopeful futures and like it's just like it's just, yeah it's just something different and it's, it's going to be so it's going to be so much more interesting mm. the uh, journeys through the radiant citadel will be available from june 21st nice. uh, and there will be two versions of the book available so the the main difference is alternative artwork yeah so. the alternative the cover is great. so pretty yeah, yeah so i nice. like it i usually only never get the alternative cover but I might be doing it for this one. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, that's the new D&D book. It's exciting stuff. Um, we stand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. In conclusion. <laughs> in, in conclusion, we stand this, as long as Wizards of the Coast do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, other news, Warhammer stuff that I don't know yeah, I do you really wanna, talk much do about. You take over? Um, um, so yeah, go Wills. They have announced a uh, new edition of... Um, what is I think colloquially known as Warhammer Thirty Thousand, um, mm-hmm. but is actually the Horus Heresy, which is essentially the um, uh, like uh, essentially the sort of uh, like precursor to the events that we know as Warhammer Forty K. So like it's it's kind of like the I'm trying to think of an example. You know, it's like the um it's like the stuff in the silmarillion in comparison to lord of the rings right it's like mm, the deep lore yeah. behind like why the world is the way it is kind of thing and like That's the in- introduction of chaos and all that kind of stuff um so it is very much like it's it's even more niche you know like uh, which means that <laughs> it will be very exciting to a very small group of people um but if you are if you are interested in it it's that like it essentially plays i think pretty similarly um, but it just has like a, a completely different sort of like roster of things and it's a little bit more 
of a smaller window, right? Rather than the sort of like grand sweeping, you know, four hundred different types of armies kind of Warhammer that that you're used to. It's more mm-hmm. of a sort of like um, tale that focuses on a like a really specific part of um, like the Empire of Man and like the the collapse and and all that kind of stuff. Like you can see the there's a, like a lot of people are very interested in like the stories that it tells, for example. Um, so the uh, the like main thing that you'll notice with it is i think they they look back at sort of like classic warhammer models and take inspo from them so like even the image that we've got in this article which you'll we'll have a link to in the description after it's gone um after this podcast's been fully uh souped up but mm. the like shoulder pads have like these giant like <laughs> ball bearings on almost like it's it's super Hello. 80s um and considering that like the um you know, considering that the, like, origins of Warhammer 40k was this, like, anti-Thatcherite kind of, like, hair metal-inspired, like, super cheesy 80s thing, I think we forget that because Warhammer now is, like, almost, like, it takes itself relatively seriously, like, there Mm. are some, like, really goofy origins, and I I think whilst whilst this is still, like, a very, like, grimdark tale, you do get to see a little bit more of the, like, original kind of character that the game had. So it's kind of interesting, like, it's, yeah, it's... It's very, very nice, um, but <laughs> maybe something worth interest in. Uh, there are helmets that have beaks. That's fun. Ah, <laughs> beaks. Yeah, That's there you fun. go. Uh, they're nicknamed so beakies. Is this, <laughs> when is this new edition coming, Mr. Whelan? Uh, let's find out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Further details of the game and its box set due to emerge ahead of its launch later in 2022. Thanks, right. Matt Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Matt Jarvis. Uh, Matt Jarvis, news king. Um, yeah, uh, the only other news is there's a Catan game coming. That's all yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> it's Catan Dawn of Humankind, I believe it's called. Mm. And it's going to be set like in prehistoric, you know, Africa, essentially when the world used to be a, just one big old oh, Pangea. Continent. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, um, it's my yeah. favorite continent. <laughs> I love Pangaea. No, I'm so excited. Oh, this I love Panera Bread. You. I didn't know. <laughs> Inside of you, pro Pangaea. <laughs> I'm all for Pangaea. I'm, yeah, I'm big on it. I'm so I'm sick of all these oceans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a whole thing about if we drain the ocean, uh, we, sorry, we to keep some water, but then we could like just walk oh, we everywhere okay, and we yes. reclaim land. Uh-huh. I just and that Pangaea would do that. Yeah, so. great. <laughs> Well, Maddie for yeah. president, 2042. <laughs> I have big ideas. Um, Pangea to the list. That's yeah. fun. Love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, there is very little known about it. I, I don't know if it's just going to be Catan with, you know, like the woolly mammoths and saber tooth tiger and stuff. But uh, it's you know it's Catan probably. Fine. I don't know what more you can say. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we don't know much about the mechanics yet either as well. Like, it's... Uh, and the thing is, I don't know if this is just going to be another one of those, like, hey, uh, it's Star Trek now, or whatever, you know, like, where it's just like, yeah. we don't know what to do with Catan because we know it makes a lot of money, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's, it's kind of what it is on the tin, yep. you know? There's not really Klaus, much you can do Look, Klaus Tuber needs a new extension on his house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it should just be called Catan, Klaus Tuber needs a new extension on his house. Yeah. I, my assumption <clears throat> is that this is, like, maybe a design that was near enough to what Catan 
sort of like talks about that they were like let's let's use the name so that we can give this a bit of a boost um but i mm. like considering like i think there's already like a sort of like prehistoric Catan and stuff like that as far as i'm aware maybe that's carcassonne no. I don't you're know. thinking of you're thinking of King Domino. Oh yeah, no King Domino. Yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, okay. Well, we'll see. I, yeah, well, I, I would hope that it's something new, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's apparently bad. this is the era of prehistoric, like theme so. board games. Now this yeah. is the hot thing. thing. It, you're, we're all making board games set in the Stone Age now. They should so. have. They should have waited to put that Far Cry caveman game out until now. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's hot now. <laughs> I can't Before believe... it's time. I forgot that even existed. Of course you did. They made it in about 20 minutes. <laughs> you know how the exact uh, same map as the game that came out before? Like they uh, They didn't change the like landmass shape of the game's map from the one that they did before. Like they just no. they just redressed it in the style of no. prehistoric. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we ain't a video game podcast. Um, but there you go. That's the news. Uh, are there yeah. any any interesting articles that people should check out for themselves on the website, me and? Yes, there are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of hot news on the website right now. Even ones that hot, are not hot, 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 hot news. Hot boys. Pressing that button. Um, <laughs> the sound, the soundboard that I still want so badly. Uh, there's a lot of hot news that we've not even talked about. Ooh. Um, such as there is a new Pokemon Academy Battle Academy box mm-hmm. that's been announced. There is a Dread Dread, uh, as in the Dread RPG, but Dread theming, as in Judge Dread. It's oh, ah, what Dread with yeah. with D R E D D Dread. Oh, yeah, that is that um, is quite a crossover. There's some more serious stuff, like the fact that the Kickstarter CEO has stepped down <laughs> in a, what continues to be a bit of a tumultuous time. Yeah. Company. Stop doing NFTs. Um, there is also some stuff about how you can support um, the victims of the current Russian invasion of Ukraine. There's plenty of stuff going on on the website about that. Uh, there's also a lovely interview from the people who are making... Uh, Tiburu, the weird digital board game mm-hmm. thing that's coming out, and a great opinion piece about mega games, which is not something I was aware of <laughs> until <Okay>. now. <laughs> I, I think they're just really big board games. They're, 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 <laughs> they're the bridge between board games and LARP, and they look really good. And I really ah, them, yeah. They? yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, that thing! Oh, sorry, I've got to get off the website now. Oh. So yeah, you can go and read uh, all of that currently on dicebreaker.com. Dicebreaker.com, your home and half for tabletop news. Do it. Uh, board games <laughs> for everyone. So we've we've talked about what we've been up to this week. We've talked about some of the big <laughs> news stories that have been hitting the website. It's Hot time time. <laughs> to get to everyone's favourite part of the podcast. It's our weekly feature. Uh, and Mian, this was your idea, actually. So I'll hand over to you once again. Would you like to tell us what we're going to be doing today on the podcast? No, you can't do that and expect me to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pro- yeah producer coherent dribbling all over me. So. Oh, oh, you know that's the, that he's happy. It's the good dribbles. Yeah. For the people listening, yeah. Wills is picking up Toto and squeezing him and yeah. <laughs> cat patting, squeezing ASMR. some dribble out. Um, and Toto's <laughs> dribbling, yeah. Um, so 
Um, this is uh, not hot news, but it was news on the website. Turns out that the actor slash comedian uh, now passed, uh, Robin Williams, was a big fan of cyberpunk. <laughs> 2020, I think, specifically. Mm. Uh, the yeah. sci-fi role-playing game. And who knew that that game was going to be such an accurate prediction of the year 2020? <laughs> <laughs> um, which is not something that I knew. Apparently, it was yeah. relatively well-known that he was into games. Yeah, he's a big, he was a big Warhammer 40k player as well, I think. Yeah, War- yeah. Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, Warhammer yeah, player. Um, so, I thought it would be fun for us to discuss who we would love to play uh, a role-playing game with. What celebrity? What would be our dream role-playing celebrity? I think just straight out of the gate, I would love to play a Robin Williams RPG. Oh, like, that's good. Yeah. Such no, a wonderful yeah, man. Good, I, yeah, I think, you know, to look back at his career and just think about how incredible he was. When I was talking to, with him. to uh, Mike Pondsmith told me this, who is basically the, the creator of Cyberpunk, the series. Uh, and he just casually was like, oh yeah, Robin Williams once called us up and asked if he could have like a source book because he'd yes. left his at home. <laughs> and and Mike Thompson was like, wait, what? Yes, <laughs> and apparently uh, he, he had a friend who used to run like games for Robin Williams. So I was like, I wow. said, I wish I was in that role-playing group because yeah. like, Imagine. you know, a a improv comedian who was famously good at impressions as well like it's yeah seems yeah. Like he's got all the tools you know everything you could want perfectly suited to be like an amazing rpg player you just wouldn't want to bother playing you just want to watch him do it all the yeah. time <laughs> yeah just sit there in awe he's like please no go on continue talking <laughs> he also said the guy who played shaggy in scooby-doo the movie i can't remember the actor's name Oh, uh, the guy who's in uh, Scream? Matthew Lillard. Yes. yes. He's a massive D&D fan. Yeah, he was like... Um, like Let's get him on the show. Like, oh, Matthew Lillard is amazing at role-playing. And I was so like, good. Really? The, <laughs> yeah. the famous actor from Hackers. <laughs> from Hackers! Yeah, yeah. Hackers. Oh my god, so Hackers. good. <laughs> can we email... Matthew, if you're listening, our people can talk to your people. Let's get you on... <laughs> Um, we had Shaggy in it in our re- most recent D&D Let's Play coming out yeah. on the channel this weekend. So I think it's a natural progression to have you come on as a guest star. Yeah. Uh, so let us know. Um, so does anyone have any immediate picks? Apart from Robin Williams. Let's do that again. Any immediate picks <laughs> apart from Robin Williams? Do you uh, know? Well, the chat have already said what the, yeah. the one that we were obviously <laughs> going to Obviously Danny DeVito. He's, yeah. in, he's in the game. Uh, Matt Jarvis has said that we talk about Danny DeVito too much. We, we're going to prison if we keep talking about Danny DeVito. So I think let's let's think about some new celebrities. <laughs> How can I? I have this whole thing about there's like not someone that has replaced like Robin Williams or like that kind of generation of like comedic actors. Mm. And I always think about this. And I'm like, who is now coming up as those kind of like amazing impressionists and like stuff and i'm like we don't have that anymore which no. is like i it's kind of like end of an era so it's hard to find replacement for that 
Um, well, we talked about uh, our pats. I think our pats. Oh were my god, yeah. I was thinking pretty, of our pats. Pretty fun now. addition to the uh, to the table. I feel like instead of like just picking one celebrity, we need to create uh, a party in a GM. Oh god. Right. Oh, so so wow. I think if our pats is in the sort of rogue role, I think yeah. he'd make a good a good sort of rapscallion figure. Yeah. Um. So what else? What else are the classics? We've got. We need to have a tank, a fighter. Uh. We need to have some kind of healer, some kind of wizard. Um, Kermit the Frog Bard. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Easy. Yeah, um, I'll take that. So wait, hang on. So you, you want um, you just want someone playing because yeah, and then I, you know, give me. I your don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin your sense of immersion, but Kermit the Frog is a puppet. <laughs> What so, are you like, talking about, me? How did he do that? Yeah, how would he ride a bicycle <laughs> if he's a puppet me? You're like pointing at you're like pointing at the footage. Look at the footage. <laughs> he's in films. I think he's in films. Oh my, I can see person. them. <laughs> um, yeah, someone yes. has to sit under the table the entire time we're playing mm. puppeteering Kermit. So wait, would you just if I, okay? Imagine no bounds to this. This is like the mm-hmm. dream restaurant in off menu podcast. Uh, which only which a few of, of course I've listened yeah. to. No, as in like, <laughs> as in you can get anyone you want, like regardless of yeah. whether they are with us or not. Yeah. Like, so would regardless you want? Whether or not they're a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would, would you want? Um, would you want? I can't remember his name. <laughs> the guy who invented the Muppets. Oh, Jim Henson. Would you want Jim Henson playing Kermit? Well, yeah, I would like original Kermit. Right. Does he okay. play Kermit? I yeah, he, I thought he had Whoever's a the original Kermit, Jim, I want... Jim does Kermit. Jim like, does Kermit. I want okay. he, didn't do a, he didn't do a lot of the Muppets, but he specifically did do Kermit. Okay, all right. Like There's all a right. whole so thing got... about how Kermit's voice has changed, and it's like not the same as it used to be. So original Kermit, obviously. The original yeah. OG Kermit, yeah. played Why by Jim Henson. Are there so many? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, Robert Patterson as a rogue. We've got the bar being played by Kermit, the Kermit slash being Jim played by Jim Henson. Yeah, well, we're getting a little bit meta here. We got, you know, we got this sort of. Uh... It's it's a sort of uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place style situation where the actors are playing actors who are playing characters. Um, but what uh, we've got the other roles that we need like a sort of fighter slash barbarian like tank figure. Mm, um, we um, need. Oh my god, what's wizards. his name? Um, he played. Uh, he's a, a British comedian. He's got a very loud voice. Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed oh. as the barbarian. Yeah, as a barbarian. Yeah. He's in his sort of Flash Gordon outfit. Yeah, he's yeah. in that. Yeah, <laughs> I've met that. Brian Blessed. He recorded really? a uh, a video for my niece where he plays his character in Peppa Pig. Oh wow! <laughs> well, yeah, we're definitely having uh, Brian Blessed as a barbarian. Uh, yells a lot. Retrofuturologist has just uh, said Richard Iowardi, who I think would make a fantastic wizard. Oh, yeah, he would make a good wizard, actually. Yeah. Bloody hell, I've, I've run out of spell slots. That's a perfect wizard. <laughs> wow. I can't believe we didn't think about it our own self. Thank you yeah, very much, Retro, perfect. in the live chat. If you're not watching these podcasts live at 2pm GMT every Friday, <laughs> this could be you. Um, what else could you possibly be doing? <laughs> yeah. Are we in this situation? Is are we are we agreed that Robin Williams is our GM? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. I, it'd be wasted for him not to do every exactly. single. Possible yeah, he's going to do every voice. Yeah. yeah. So we've Williams got so we've got Robin in the DM position. Mm-hmm. 
We've got our Pats in the rogue position. We've got yes. Kermit the Frog slash Jim Henson in the bar position. Richard Ayoade is the wizard. Who else have we got left? Uh-huh. We need we need a We've cleric. Got Brian, did we, who do you mention? Oh, Brian, Brian Blessed is the barbarian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let, let's have some. This is a sausage fest. Yeah, it is. Let's get some. Let's get <laughs> oh, some. Oh yeah. Let's fucking non-binary and, and women in here, please. <laughs> Goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God. Mm. Um, I'm struggling to think of anyone who fits the cleric role because I I feel like clerics are just sort of like. Kate Blanchett. Oh, I'll look after you then, I guess. <laughs> Kate Blanchett is the cleric. Blanchett. How do I we just feel? Like... Now, oh. Tilda Swinton. Tilda okay. Swinton. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. no, sorry. Kirby Rawstone. Yeah, Tilda Swinton is the cleric. Yes, please. I won't ask her for healing. I will just be too scared. Oh my god! Of I course. Just be like, is it safe to assume that me and would throw up Florence Pugh? Yes. Now, what, <laughs> what, you know, what classic D and D role does Florence Pugh fill? Because I'm not my, sure. My girlfriend, <laughs> your girlfriend, <laughs> which your is girlfriend a very important part of the D and D. Okay, party. that's she can she can be a plus one. No, no, she she can be a warlock. Do you know what I was actually just about to suggest a warlock? How or a ranger. Or a ranger. How do mm-hmm. you feel for the warlock position? Um, I've forgotten her name now, but um, Fleabag actress. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, no. Yes. It's there. Why can't I remember her <laughs> the name? The name is there. Phoebe Waller Bridges. Phoebe Waller Bridges. Thank you. With Bridges, rather. Um, yeah. Famously uh, stars in. What's it called? Death Stranding. <laughs> the CEO she of Bridges, <laughs> Phoebe Waller Bridges. <laughs> you really confused me then. I was like, she's not like Death Stranding. I was like, what? I would remember that. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe Waller Bridge in the Warlock role. How do we feel about that? Because she's always, oh, also, in Fleabag, she's always talking to the camera. Could be her patron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, no, yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge as, as, as a as the warlock, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence Pugh as a ranger, sure. Tilda <laughs> Swinton as cleric. the cleric. Yeah, nice. it's a big party. Yeah, it's going to be a druid. Oh yeah, druid. Okay, yeah. druid. Willem Dafoe. I mean, I was thinking Willem Dafoe in Lighthouse. <laughs> he does give big druid energy. Just being a scabby. <laughs> smelly like reclusive man no matthew lillard yeah okay, yeah matthew no lillard. Lillard we gotta work him in somewhere because we've just offered him to come on the table he's so. gotta be in um, yeah okay yeah, i think i think matthew lillard in reprising his role as shaggy as the druid of the group yeah <laughs> and the great dane must also be invited yeah well no that's yeah. his wild shape yeah. oh okay <laughs> oh my god oh yeah, Are there I any other classic good. roles that we need? I think that's the whole table, isn't it? I believe we've got a lot yeah. covered here. Mm. Yeah, okay. I feel like I feel like any more personalities and no one's going to get a word in edgeways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining how. Robert Patterson and Tilda Swinton are going to. I was just thinking the interactions would be so interesting. <laughs> Those two together is. Uh, I think it's a, you know. It's got potential for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking, sorcerer. Of, I'm thinking of Tilda Swinton in her role as uh, the angel from Constantine. 
Yes. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe that she's giving yeah. me as the team cleric. A gay icon. A gay icon. She could be playing that sort of, uh, was it the Azamar race? Yeah, yeah, uh, the ones oh, that are like, I yeah, like. that are, they're like, um, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, angel they're basically West. angel yeah. people. Yeah. What, yeah. Okay, now here's the question then. What are the races mm. of the other players around the table? Ooh. Species. Yeah. Matthew Lillard, human. Yeah. Yes. He's bog standard. Yeah. Yeah. We want um, him as he comes. Yeah. <laughs> we just want Matthew Lillard. He doesn't have to play a character. Matthew, please. <laughs> Brian Blessed is a dwarf. Really? I was going to say uh, one of those giants. Goliath. 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 I was going to okay. say Minotaur. Minotaur? Oh, Minotaur is an excellent pick. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's kind of combining a few mm-hmm. things. Oh, uh, Angel B. Maybe Zoe Kravitz just because she keeps staring at our pets. <laughs> I, I can't watch that because then I'll just so I'll just combust. <laughs> um, yeah, Robert Patterson will play a drow, I think. Oh, yeah. Richard Iwadi as a gnome, says Retro Future. <laughs> oh. Excellent, excellent suggestion. Little gnome Richard Iwadi, yeah. I see that. Um, yeah, Tilda Swinton as one of the Azamar, yeah. yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh, half-elf. Sure, yeah, yeah she's kind of elfin. Um, um, who else have we got? Um, B.B. Waller-Bridges, Tiefling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Cheeky little scamp. Uh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Where he's not even in it, is he? <laughs> I think we went he's just it. hanging around. He's just, he's, he's just there. He's just hanging out. He's just like sat in the corner. He's already into D and D. Just turns. He's a goblin. <laughs> he's a little goblin. Yes. Snotling. Um, Snotling. Yeah. Who else did we have? I can't remember. I've lost count of who else we had. Uh, I think that's. Is that everyone? Yes. Oh wait, I think Willem Dafoe was in there somewhere. Willem Dafoe was the alternate druid. He's yeah. he's in the um oh, the understudy Kermit. position. Oh, and Kermit, sorry. Oh, Kermit. Kermit, well, Kermit is a grung, I guess. Grung, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's a frog. There are like frog people, right? Yeah, the grung. Yeah, grungs. The grung. Yeah, he's a grung. Yeah. yeah. Maddie, I'm I just I've noticed throughout this episode that because you've got like mm-hmm. the street outside your window, it's like one of yeah. those news broadcasts that are like <laughs> You know, people are walking um, past. Yeah, live. People could like be behind, like, "Hi, I'm on TV." Yeah, today on the on the news tonight, mm. uh, Richard Iowadi joins a D and D group. Yeah, <laughs> DM by Robin Williams. Shuffle. Um, Way Hanlon says Danny DeVito is a permanent resident of the Dicebreaker Celebrity Mansion, <laughs> where the news chopper is parked outside. Yes. yes. Yeah. Or on top of, because it's a chopper. Yeah. Or on top of, yeah, because yeah, yeah. to go up. Um, of course. I think that's that's a solid party. That's a fantastic. That's a, okay, so just for the final wrap up, we've got yeah. Robin Williams in the GM spot. Yeah, Robin Williams, GM. Danny Vio's just Williams. hanging around. Danny uh, Vio's yeah. just do, he's Robin doing snacks. snacks. He's doing yeah. snacks. Brian Blessed in the role of barbarian, playing as a Goliath. Minotaur. Yes. Or a Minotaur. 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 Yeah. Um, we've got Kermit the Frog, who is a Grom, yeah. playing as the team Bard. guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Florence Pugh, Ranger. Uh, elf, half, half elf. elf. Yeah. Uh, we've got Richard Iowadi, the gnomish wizard. Yeah. Um, we've got Feeble Waller Bridge, the tiefling uh, warlock. 
Ooh, we, this yeah. is a huge party. Yeah, it's <laughs> a huge party. There's way too many people. We've got our pats. The uh, we didn't actually give a, a, a species to our pats. Uh, I drow, said it was a drow. Oh, a yeah, drow. Rogue, okay, drow. A drow rogue. Mm-hmm. Is it just because he doesn't see the sun in the new Batman film? <laughs> um, yeah, he lives in the underdark. Yeah, and then. Yeah, was there one more? Uh, Tilda Swinton. Oh, Tilda Swinton as an Asimar cleric and Matthew Lillard as a human druid. Yeah. Feeling good about that? I think it's a pretty solid I, Yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch what happens. I bet it devolves in about two minutes. Yeah, I, I don't... I, like, Rob Williams is not going to get a word in entries. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be incredible. Mm. All right. Well, there it is. Our, uh, yeah. our little topic of discussion. We do features like this every week. So if you are a big fan of us talking about celebrities that we want to see put on spandex yeah. pants and swing an axe around, then <laughs> you are in the right place. But to round off this episode, we are going to do what we always do and look to you in the live chat and in our emails to look at some questions from the people at home. E- so if you're watching us... <laughs> if you're watching us and you've got a burning hot question that you've been chomping at the bit to ask us maybe you missed maddie's q a you want to ask her a little uh, late question about uh, her joining the team maybe you want to hear more of me and strange goings on or maybe oh. you just want me to to ramble on about something for 20 minutes let us yeah. know in the live chat or you can reach us on yeah. contact at dicebreaker.com via email um, oh, I'm pretty sure we had some questions in 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 this this here looking, document, and now they're all gone. gone. Yeah, excellent, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, well, excellent stuff. Whilst we're figuring that out, we've actually got a chat yeah. message uh, that's just come in from BMD Nerd. He says, "What kind of board game would keeping up appearances be?" <laughs> <laughs> Which this one what seems angled specifically. You, Alex, man. <laughs> I I okay. So I don't towards me out out of the three of us who do you think is most qualified to talk about a, a show on the vein of keeping up appearances i mean i i've watched like maybe a bit like immediately it, it was then on... you're more qualified i don't than yeah i, I, was like, I don't even yeah. know where to start i wouldn't even <laughs> i do i know the premise um yeah. keeping up appearances is a 70s 80s no uh, it would pro- i I'm gonna bet eighties, seventies to nineties, right? no- before before the millennium. <laughs> the okay. yeah, the yeah. Y- oldie days. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. uh, a sitcom about a lady who lives in the suburbs who thinks she's very posh, but yeah. the joke is that she's not that posh. Um, yeah, her, her name is Mrs. Bucket, but she calls herself Mrs. Bouquet, and that is the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so well, what kind know... of board game would that be? <laughs> I didn't even know her name. So you knew more that's, than... That's the only joke they ever tell, as far as I'm aware, is that <laughs> people call... And she's bucket. like, it's not Bucket, it's Bouquet. Yeah, Yeah, I know that she's I got do. some ugly sofas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, who didn't at that point, to be fair? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I... I would just say, like, I mean, you can make anything an RPG, right? Like, just... yeah. yeah, I almost, yeah, I almost feel like a RPG is a cop RPG. Out, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a one-page RPG that. where you have to keep up, like, keep up yeah. yeah, like pe- <laughs> Done you, you have to try and you have to try and trick people into believing that you are. Uh, an upstanding member of society. You have like, two a stats, load of stuff. Bucket and bouquet. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bucket is like um the the I don't know what, what you're class. Yeah, your mm. like bucket stats go up. Your bucket stats and, and your bouquet is like your posh your poshness. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, and and then there's various shenanigans going on that you have to like manage. Retro suggests Perfect. maybe a dexterity stacking game in the style of oh. sort of reverse Jenga. Um, yeah. Um, BMD nerd says I assumed all British people watched it. <laughs> that's <laughs> wow. That, that's well, ambitious. take, wow. take away my passport. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Truce, I believe, has a question, Mister Whelan. Okay, emergency backup question. Backup question. Gonna delve into right away. Just just smashing that glass before they've even put it on properly. <laughs> um, what's the board game you've played with the fewest quote unquote moving parts? E.g., cards, dice, board, etc. Peak minimalist is a game that's somehow just a single object. Uh, so straight away, whilst we're thinking about this, I will say that that was the exact design intention behind Love Letter, one of the most. Uh, mm popular games a popular game yeah, yeah outside of the the big ones um which yeah the, i think literally the designer was like i wanted to make a game with like the fewest components possible um it was a japanese designer i think but yeah so that kind of vibe what's your what's your fave in that i think i've played there's um there's a game called oh god what is it called um Again, like I feel like most of these games are going to be abstract. Yeah. The the more theme you add to something, the more components that mm, end up getting added. True. In. Um, but I think there's a there's a game with like rope and wooden boards. I think I've played oh, it. Yeah, I might have just known of it. Is it Shobu or something like that? Yeah, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. I, I don't recognise this at all. I think it's, it's quite... I haven't played it, but... Oh, actually, to be fair, this has got quite a few bits. But yeah, it's uh... <laughs> sort of four boards with some coloured stones and there's a rope in the middle. I can't remember how it works, but I remember it being very popular. Um, is it... Somebody help me out here. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what this game is. Oh, no, no, no I'm, I'm, the question in general, sorry, not, mm. not Shobu. Um... I can think of as card games. I'm like, that's fake. I mean, it's like cards. a single deck of cards. Like, like One Deck Dungeon is a very good game that literally... The whole purpose is that every single encounter also functions as both like an item, XP, and uh, like an ability or something like that. So mm-hmm. when you like, they're all they all have like double dungeon doors on the back, and you flip over to enter, and then if you beat it, you slide it under your character sheet, and depending on which side is sticking out, it becomes a different thing, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, like, keeping it simple. Mm. Like a game like like a roll and write like Yahtzee is like Yahtzee's all you need low, for yeah. Yahtzee is literally just some dice and a piece of paper. Yeah, really. or like, or like Railroad Inc. The... or Welcome To or something like that, yeah. Mm, yeah, like that, roll and write games, card games, um, like Fox in the Forest, for example. Technically, you just need the deck for that and it's a very small deck. Mm. Like if you mm. can remember what the rules are, like you don't need the other pieces. Yeah. Like you can just keep scoring a piece of paper. So this is it. Some like some things like when you know what the rules are can be very simple. Like again, like I'd say like any art like some RPG games, like especially like solo journaling ones, like once you know like your your prompt is like you just need a pen and some yeah. paper or something. But... Friendly attack games, Friendly attack ones is throw a penny at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> 
that really let me laugh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I'm sure the game standing still as as long as you can also does not have very many. Uh, you know those kind of games that your parents wanted you to play. Just yeah, now shut gonna, you up. Now we're gonna play the quiet game. <laughs> yeah, now we're gonna play Come the quiet on, game. Hold your arms up in the air. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're gonna. I think we're gonna leave it there because we've we've answered a couple of questions. We're getting into our yeah. allotted time slot. But if you've got more <laughs> questions for us, one said, that's what we do in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Up on the sign. Um, right. Yeah. So thank you very much for watching, everyone. This has been the Dicebreaker Podcast. I have been your temporary host, Michael Wheels Whelan. We have been joined, of course, by Maddie Cullen. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Alex Meehan, thank you very much for joining us. That's great. I've got I've got a lot of pennies to throw at the wall. Oh, don't we all? Busy for you. Not enough time. Too many pennies. <laughs> if you want to see more of us here on Dicebreaker, you can either stick around here on the YouTube channel, um, or if you're listening to this after the fact on places like Spotify or Google or wherever it is you get your podcasts, please head on over to youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker. We've got loads of content coming out recently and soon because Maddie has been working on that old school essentials video that we talked about earlier we've also yeah. got that let's play that we talked about earlier of the uh call the of premiere. the Nebedee coming up this weekend and i believe we're doing a premiere yeah, yeah. we're gonna have a little bit of live chat which is gonna be fun, fun. what um, time what time is the wheel it should be uh, uh -oh. <laughs> either three or five o'clock but we'll find uh, out bear in mind if you look at the youtube channel you'll be able to see it before it goes live yeah i mean it should be like... up today for you to to hit you know watch it <laughs> Follow us on at Join Dicebreaker on Twitter and there will be an announcement there. Absolutely. I'm sure there will be a tweet. Oh, there will. But, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, that will tell you. Otherwise, Mib has <laughs> forgotten to do one. Uh, yeah. uh, you can also find more of me and Matt and Chase and all the rest of the contributors over on Dicebreaker.com writing some fantastic articles. Talked mm -hmm. a little bit about some of those that are on the website and I'm sure there's more coming out soon as well. New news every day apart from the weekends because we don't work there. But yeah. thank you very much for watching. We will see you on the next episode of the Dicebreaker podcast and on the next video here on YouTube. Uh, but until then, have a lovely day. Goodbye! Bye! Bye.